I want to define church member for you real quick, okay? Church member. Here's how we're going to define church member today. An active participant in the local body of Christ. An active participant in the local body of Christ. When I got to NBC, there were about 50 to 55 people that were attending this church and, and giving and serving and making things happen. We had what was supposed to be between 450 and 900 members. That's not members. That's bodies or that's names or that's, that's something, but it's not, it's not members, okay? And so we started doing what we call a covenant membership where we say this is what we expect of you, this is what you expect of us, and this is what makes you a church member. Now some people are like, sure, sign on. Some people are like, ah, I don't want to do that. Others are like, they give me a lot of pushback. Well, it's just a piece of paper, right? Yeah, it is just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't, all right? Well, then why do you do it? Because the Bible doesn't talk about church member. There's no verse that says, thou shalt be a church member. Well, yes and no. It doesn't say thou shalt be a church member, but I want to run you through a few verses real quick, okay? Verses real quick, ready? When Paul writes to the Corinthians, look, to the church of God in Corinth. There is an assumption there that everybody reading this is a part of a local body. He is writing to the church. That's 1 Corinthians. So let's look at Galatians 1, 2. And all the brothers and sisters with the churches in Galatia. Paul, an apostle of Christ by Jesus, the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful of Christ. Here he says, I am writing to everyone who believes in me, who is made holy by me, and is in Ephesus. So the family of God in Ephesus. This is Philippians, to all God's holy people in Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. Where do you have overseers and deacons? In a church. To the church at to the church of the Thessalonians, Revelation. To the angel of the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Smyrna. To the angel of the church in Pergamum. To the angel of the church in Thyatira. To the angel of the church in Sardis. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia. To, huh. The writers of the New Testament post-Acts, when the church began, had an assumption for all believers and that assumption was this, that they would be a part of the family of God in the city where they lived. Okay? So, does it say thou shalt? I don't know. But I do know that God and the writers of the New Testament had an expectation for people to be a part. And that that part was that they were going to be an active participant in the local body of Christ. Okay? An active participant in the local body of Christ. Now, about six years ago, right as we started moving, uh, we went through this book as a church. I am a church member. It's by Tom Rader. He was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention at that time. And I think I'm going to move back to when we have Coffee and Covenant, kind of handing these to the, to the individuals and the couple and saying, hey, do me a favor, read this. It's that big, all right? It's that big. It will take literally 30 minutes, okay? And then bring it back to me. If you haven't and want to read it after today, because I'm going to give you a little overview, I have 20 copies literally in this bookcase out here. You're welcome to them. Take them, read them, bring them back, okay? But in this book, he starts with a tale of two church members. I got to tell you, I really wanted to twist this, all right? 
I really wanted to twist this because there's another way I'd like to say it, but, but this will do. And rather than, rather than try to tell you about it, I'm actually going to read this story to you. Michael and Liam began meeting for Monday morning breakfast at 6 o'clock over five months ago. They met in a couple's Bible study in their church. For many reasons, they hit it off and were good friends. When Michael originally invited Liam to meet him for breakfast on a Monday morning, Liam readily agreed. The two men enjoyed their time together so much that the one-time event became a weekly event. It was now rare that the two friends would not meet on a Monday morning. Early in their friendship, conversations were focused on sports, family, politics. They had a lot in common. Michael was 41 and Liam was 39. They each had three kids. They were both college football fanatics. Each of their teams were in the same conference. They were pretty fierce rivals. The guys thoroughly enjoyed trash talking each other's teams in a friendly spirit. On this particular morning, though, the conversation got serious. Michael and his wife had noticed some changes in the demeanor of Liam in their Bible study group. He no longer seemed to be interested in studying and discussing the Bible. Uh, he wasn't as interested in talking about church. His comments were often critical about the congregation where the two families both had their memberships. Michael was caught off guard that particular morning. Liam loved poached eggs in the little restaurant they went to. That was his regular order. But this Monday he hadn't touched him and he was barely sipping his coffee. Liam didn't take long to get to the point. Michael, Lana and I have decided to leave the church. The pause seemed to last minutes. Neither men seemed to know what to say next. Michael took the initiative and spoke softly and deliberately. You want to tell me about it? Michael inquired. He honestly didn't know if Liam wanted to say any more about it. His friend seemed resolute. Nevertheless, Liam started to explain his decision. Lana and I went to church to learn the deep truths about the Bible, Liam said. But Pastor Robert is just not feeding us. We're not getting anything out of his messages. Sitting in the service on Sunday morning is a waste of our time. Michael didn't respond. He could tell Liam had more to say. Look, there are several great people in the church. You and Karen are the best. And there are a few more like you. He paused and his expression got a little serious. But honestly, Michael, our church is full of hypocrites. Did you hear Jim at the basketball game? He embarrassed me the way he was screaming at the refs. What kind of testimony is that for a Christian? And of course, everybody knows about Neil. He was supposedly the pillar of our church, and we find out he's been cheating on his wife for over a year. What kind of church is it with this kind of people in it? Liam got angry, but controlled, and he kept on venting. Pastor Robert acts like he cares for us, but I'm not sure he does. I told him that Lana's dad was sick and was in the hospital but he never visited him. Michael knew that Liam's father was not a member of the church and he lived 50 miles away. He knew Pastor Robert called him and prayed with him before his surgery. He also knew that any rebuttal was not gonna be appreciated, so Michael held his tongue. Now it seemed Liam's mild ramp was winding down and Liam seemed exhausted, ready to bring the conversation to a close. He did, however, offer a few pointed comments and two questions. Michael, Liam said softly, I like you and Karen. You guys are a class act, but you seem enthused about the church and you keep serving and you keep giving. Don't get me wrong, but I wonder at times if you are blind to the problems in our church. Then Liam offered a closing that really spoke more than he realized. We are really two different types of church members. Why is that? Why do we have different perspectives? They are two different types of church members. One comes to give. The other comes to receive.
One likes to think that he knows what God can do in the lives of others. The other, concerned about what God can do in their life. One expects the pastor to do and feed as they feel like he should. The other understands that the pastor is charged by God with feeding as he sees fit. Now, church, this is not going to surprise you, all right? You don't like the way I teach. You don't like the way I discipline. You don't like the way that I love. You don't like the things that I do. Ready? Go find somewhere else. I want you a joyful, loving, desiring part of a church family. Am I going to mess up? I am. Is Preston and Sai going to mess up? We are. Are we going to make perfect decisions for the rest of our lives? No. Are you going to like the way we implement everything? No. But guess what? We're not implementing it for you or for you. We're implementing it for you. It's a hard thing to please 200 people. And I know that I don't look quite that old. I'm getting older and I feel really old. But I've been at this for 32 years. And my pleasing people button has gotten really tiny. I go to sleep at night because I know I want what's best for you. And I am pulling the staff in that direction. All right, Craig, cool. You got me at least for the next 30 minutes. What you got? Okay. Here's what Tom Rayner says. Here's what Tom Rayner says. And we're going to focus. We can't do all of this. I'm going to give you a little touch of all of this. And like I say, you can read the book. We're going to focus on the first one for the rest of the message for us. All right. But here's what Rayner says. All right. He says, a, a healthy church member, a church member is not someone who, who brings their gifts and brings their talents so that they, they have something to say, so that they are respected, so that they are heard, so that they are loved, all right? It is not someone who can say, hey, I'm going to buy an opportunity to, to have a vote. I'm going to buy an opportunity to get my name on a window, all right? He says, that's not it. He says, if you want that, join a country club, all right? You can have your say in the way the grass is cut and the way the pins are placed and the way the holes are cut and the way the pool is maintained, you know, that kind of thing. But church has become country club and it shouldn't be. Here's what he said. He says, a church member is a functioning member, all right? We're going to come back to that. A unifying member. Do you cause rifts in the church body? Do you cause drama in the church body? Do you cause pain between members of the church body? Or do you bring people closer together? Church members should be unifying members, all right? Church members should be God and others focused, all right? That means our focus should be on how we are living our lives in service to others, how we are living our lives to bring the gospel to others, how we are saying, God, I am so grateful that you saved me that I am not here to make sure that the best song that I love is played by Preston. I'm here to praise your name, God and others focused. Church members are praying members. Hey, listen, 
I am not saying you guys don't pray. I'm not saying I don't pray. I've been honest about this from the get-go. But listen, we have tried and tried and tried and tried to get a ministry of prayer going here. We have. Eight, eight of the nine years probably I've tried or I've talked to somebody about it. We never have. But listen, a church that is not praying is dying. A church that is not praying is dying. I would love for people to get fired up and be here at 10 a.m. and be praying over these pews, walking through every one of them. I would love for somebody to be so heartfelt that they could go in this room or go in back there on the couches and just during the sermon, they are asking God to move me out of the way and to do something special. I am yearning for, for two and then 10 and then 20 people to be prayers connected to God so that through them vicariously, through through them the way the gospel defines. They intercede for the awesomeness that God wants to do. Praying members. Generational members. Here's what he means by that. Are you teaching your children to be faithful church members? Do your kids see you here? Do your kids see you worship? Do your kids see you exalt the members or degrade the members? Do your kids see you pay for many things outside of the church or pay for things inside of the church? Do your kids see you clean the floors and love the children or do they see you appreciate the floors and drop off your children? What are you teaching your kids about being a church member by your actions? That's what he means by that. And the last one is grateful member. Are you a grateful member? And here's what that means. He says, I know people argue about church membership. He says, but church membership is a gift. It is a gift. When we are ugly, battered, bruised, broken, awful sinners who turn our backs on the one who gave us life and God says not only am I going to die for you am I going to save you am I going to to make sure that the kingdom is waiting on you but I am going to allow you to be a part of what I call my bride my bride I'm going to let you be a physical emotional part of growing the bride of Christ it's a gift not to be taken for granted. You should yearn to be able to just exalt God and come thankful. Because if it weren't for him, you couldn't come here at all. I'm not being mean. I'm asking questions. What is the opposite of functional If you are not a functional member of the church, come on, you can't be a semi-functional. You can't be a semi-functional, all right? We've talked about this before. Part functional is halfway, lukewarm, not healthy. 99 and 44, 100% pure, ain't pure, right? What is the op opposite of unifying? 
What's the, model, what's the motto of Kentucky? United we, divided we. If you're not a uniting church member, the opposite of others focused, self-focused. Do you come to church expecting the people who serve and the people who preach and the people who pick the songs and the people who clean the church? Do you come to church expecting them to have done their job to a standard that you want? In a way that you want so that you are comfortable. Is that why you come to church? That is self-focused. What's the opposite of grateful? <laughs> That's the opposite of grateful. Grateful is, I love all that you've done for me. Entitled is, where is all the things you're supposed to do for me? Having fun yet? Yeah, thank you. What have I said this morning that has not been truth? How do you become a functional member at NBC? Okay? Listen, there are nine marks of a healthy church, all right? Purpose-driven church. Health, the book Healthy Church that I wrote, each one of those has some similarities, but they also have some differences, right? When I teach our church membership course, do you know what I teach? I tell people that every family has different things that they love. Like every family should spend time together and do things together, right? They should enjoy, but some families enjoy camping, all right? We, we, okay, we have a family that we went and visit, all right? They love to park a camper at a campground near a lake and be there, all right? I want working toilets. If I have to get up at my age in the middle of the night and find my shoes and creak out the door and not fall down the steps and get to the place where there is a commode and I can't find the toilet paper and it's, I don't enjoy that. Some people love it, not me. Other, people's are other people are sports fanatics, right? Sports fanatics. They are, I mean, I love that I married a girl who says, bring on the NFL. We actually, I was looking through some of the stuff the other day because we've cut way back on what we're spending on, on, on cable networks and all that stuff because you got to figure it out. And we went to the Wi-Fi thing and the, and the YouTube thing. So I'm scrolling through those the other day and one of the packages hidden in like 13 things uh, it had NFL Red Zone in it. Okay, NFL Red Zone is like $70 a month for the NFL package. This is $10.99. I was like, hey, baby, can we do $11 for four months instead of $69 for 12 months? And she was like, maybe. We haven't decided yet because, you know, right now we're being careful. Front end of my van fell off the other day. Might not be able to afford Red Zone. But, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Okay? Everybody likes different things. Some of you guys like um, um, those, those, oh, those uh, murder, mystery, true crime stuff. The first 48 forensic files, all right? You just, you know more than, than the CSI people know now because you've seen 800 episodes. You could solve any crime, all right? Used to like that. That's not for me. I'm a big bang guy, all right? 
Jamie and I, when there's nothing else, it is Big Bang Theory. We're probably on the 70th time through it. And la two nights ago, we're laughing and we're both quoting it. And I got, I, I jumped out of bed, to, I don't know, to go grab something in the kitchen. I was like, how come this never gets old? I mean, I love it. Some of you guys are like, I don't know how you do it. And my mom's like, ah. She wants to watch the, uh, the old ones, you know? Who's the boss? The old Cosby show, Growing Pains. Michael Keaton when he was, you know. Yeah, Hallmark movie. Yes. Same plot, different actors. Hallmark movie has made a fortune showing one movie with different people in it in different countries. Different seasons. Make it snow, show the same film, turn on some Christmas lights, Hallmark Christmas. Turn it black, put a pumpkin in it, Hallmark Halloween. That's like, hey, you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing Starbucks did. It's a dollar cup of coffee and they're charging you four bucks to make your milk hot. That's it. It's true. Everybody, listen, everybody needs to do things that bring their family together, right? But each family has to decide what those things are, right? So our core values are our ways of saying, these are the things our family's gonna focus on. There are camping and sports, or there are video games and reading, or there are beach vacations instead of mountain vacations. Everybody likes different things, but we tell you up front, here's the things we focus on, right? We focus on unity, we focus on the word, we focus on mission, and we focus on celebration. Those are our things. And when things aren't doing that anymore, as you heard last week in town hall, we cut them. There are no sacred cows here. There are no sacred zebras. There's, there's, there. A functioning member at NBC, every time you come through, also hears the three T's. You will always hear the three T's. You should be able to quote them. They should come rolling off your tongue. Time, talent, tithe. Time, talent, tithe. Time, talent, tithe. Okay? You should know what that means. When I say I need, I want, I expect your time, here's what that means. You show up on Sundays and you show up for small groups. You can show up for Halloween trips. You can show up for marriage retreat. I, I, I'd love to have you there, but that doesn't fall in here. Show up on a regular and consistent basis for corporate worship and small groups. Well, Craig, why do you focus on those two? Because that's what the Bible says. Craig didn't make this up. When the church began, they met in the temple courts and in homes. I say it again, in the temple courts and in homes. You should be here and you should find a small group. So I'm saying it again for the people in the back. I said it last week, I'm saying it again. I am not asking you if you're going to be in a small group. I'm asking you to your face, which small group are you going to be in? Preston actually came in this morning. I can tell this because I have no idea who it was and said he's been calling people and said, have you got the book? And those people are saying, well, we haven't decided yet. Look at my face. Look at my face. Yeah, you have. You signed the covenant. You decided. Get the book, get on the team. You're a player or you're a fan. Are you watching from the sidelines? Or are you in the game?
because somebody who paints their body and waves a flag isn't doing the two-a-days, isn't taking it from the coach, isn't, isn't a part of a Super Bowl win. My team won the Super Bowl. No, it didn't. The team you like won the Super Bowl. I don't want to be a church that you like. I want to be a church that you're in. You understand? I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be doing this. I would be blowing sunshine and hoping you invited your friends to a place where everything's happy and everything's joyful and they do stuff for our babies and they do stuff for me and it's good. But that's not biblical. Time. Be here twice a week. And we even give you three months off. Talent. Well, Craig, you know, my talent is whittling. I whittle wood. And I whittle good, I whittle wood well. Whittling, wiggling. Well, we got a lot of kids who that's their talent, but this is whittling. I whittle wood well, all right? Now, I don't know why I picked that because it's a tongue twister, but here we go. You say, well, you don't have a wood whittling certain. No, I don't. I get that. Some of you guys have talents that either were not yet equipped to or don't actually fit in. But some of you wood whittlers are also incredible listeners, and we need that. Some of you have the ability to pray and to pay attention for long periods of time. Some of us can't do it. Six, seven minutes, um, what's next? I love Jesus and he knows it, but you know, I have to come back to that. That's why I do arrow prayers. I shoot them. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Learned that a long time ago. Me and Jesus have been communing that, communing, communing, talking ever since. <laughs> All right? Talent means I have something physical to give outside of money and outside of uh, enjoying the worship and the, and the Bible study that helps the church move along. You can mow you don't want to mow. You can clean. You don't want to clean. All right? I, do you think the yard just, you know, there's, there's magical Baptist bunnies that come and nibble the yard down and then <laughs> blow fairy dust into the streets? No, the last four weeks, it's been your worship pastor and his sidekick. He lets me play with a weed eater. <laughs> All right? Serve. Well, Craig, I don't have time. Come say that in my office. I will love you well. Time, talent, I won't spend too long on here, but you need to hear it. Tithe. It's not yours. You didn't earn it. You worked. 
people work. I, I want people to work. And I want people to be paid for the work that they do. But you have it because God allows it. And here's the question that I need you to look in the mirror and answer. Would you rather have 90% of what you make with God's blessing or 100% of what you make without? Ask the kid with the lunch pail. Remember that kid? He can have food for one without God or food for 20,000 with him. Same lunch pail. I just, I, I'm old school. They got that thing now, you hit a button, you hit a button, you type in a number, you hit a button, boom, you tithe. I can't do it. I want to write that check. I was excited to come in this morning and, and, and Jamie's had a pretty good week and I was excited to go, ooh, look at this, you know. I don't need you. I just come in here. I put it in before anybody gets here. But I like the check. And I, I, you know, we write the check no matter what. $25, okay. Sometimes that's the way it looks. But you write the check. And here's what I said to the people at Town Hall last week. We have to have $4,500 a week to make it here. That's what we need. And you know what? That's way up from the $900 a week we were making nine years ago. I'll take it. 5,500, 5,000 to 5,500. We could start talking about youth minister, administrative assistant. We can start talking about that stuff. $6,500 a week. We, we can do whatever we want. I mean, we can literally do whatever we want. Well, Craig, that seems like a lot. How do we get there? We're at 41 or 4,500 a week with about 40% of our people giving, not tithing, giving. I did the math. If these 40% stay the same, ready? And these 60% tithe on the poverty level, the poverty level of Jessamine County, we'll make about seven grand a week. For every person who's not doing, listen, one of these three things, one of these three things, for every person who's not doing one of these three things as a part of the body of Christ, listen to me. The body exists with a finger missing. The body exists with a foot missing. The body exists with a knee, a spleen, an ankle missing. Because if God chose you here, called you here, and put you here, he expects you to be a part of the body of Christ. Do your part. How would your body feel if your knee and your intestine and one eye and your tongue stopped working? Just was there, and there, it just didn't work. I'm not about how that work. No, no, seriously. Do you want NBC to exist sounding, looking, feeling like that? So here's the question. Are you functional? Are you unifying?
bucket's busted. I'm just saying. I let it go for about 10 minutes. Love you. Are you others focused? Are you praying? Are you grateful members of the body of Christ? They got in trouble. They know that I love them. They've known for nine years that we can come down on them and next Sunday I'm going to be right here. And I'm going to hug them. I'm going to be happy for them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to take them places. They know that. Do, do you? Do you know that when I look you in the eye and I go, hey, you got to stop looking at the things you're looking at on your phone. Hey, you haven't given a penny since you've been here. That next week I'm going to teach. I'm going to love you. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to be right here. Do you know that? Test me. Folks, everybody has an excuse. When we started Hard 75, I put on the bottom of our little sheet that we checked everything off. Losers make excuses. Winners find reasons. He should be your reason. You have the best reason in the world. Somebody sent me a text the other day. I actually wish I'd have brought it. They're having a really hard time. And so they said, hey, if I start coming, coming to church and if I start giving and if I start praying with somebody and maybe, maybe cleaning, is, is God going to make everything all right? And here was my response straight. I said, gal, it doesn't work like that. You don't put a lot of things in the bucket and then wait for God to put his part in the bucket. I said, but something happens when you start doing everything that God asks you to do. Obedience is love. Those who love me obey my commands. And there's something that happens when you choose 10,000 to give over 1,000 to keep. You've all felt it. There's something happens when you take a week of time and go down and love on these little orphan girls who don't know you from Adam. There's something that happens when you paint. There's something that happens when you look up at the straight line you did. There's something that happens when you see the color change. And there's something that happens that doesn't make you good or bad, but it's a blessing that you can't understand, that you can't describe, but that you know is there. Does God bless his children? He does. Does he do it the way you think? Never. I can't say never, sorry, it's on camera. Not never, sometimes you get it the way you think, but, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Broken clock's right twice a day. I can't tell you he's not going to make you win the lottery. I, I, I can't. I can't say that. But it doesn't work like that. That's not biblical. The good Lord gives, and the good Lord taketh away. Our response should be the same. What is it? Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right, guys. Functioning church members who time, talent, tithe, give, pray, love. If you didn't get the email, check your junk box for welcome at NBCOnMain.com. The calendar for the falls in there. All the small groups and when they meet are in there. In there. And unless I'm mistaken, we have taken every excuse out of the way.
We have. Somebody says to me, I just can't drive that far. I'm going to be like, we got one right after church. Like next week, it'll meet right now. Okay. Oh, I tried the food truck thing. Guess what? There's not a food truck available for like three months. It's apparently festival season, you know? So court days, uh, uh, Oktoberfest, uh, Burley days in all the cities all around Kentucky every weekend from now till 2027. Okay, so, you know, sorry. We'll look at it again when it's not the busy season, okay? All right. Time, talent, tithe. I am a functioning church member, okay? All right. That's it. Next three weeks, we're going to talk about growing. All the things that growing means, means from seed to sprout, to root, to the shoot, to the fruit. All right. Oh, maybe we just ought to do that. Root, shoot, fruit. Maybe that ought to be the next few weeks. I don't know. We'll see what God does. But we're going to grow through this month. We're going to kick off. Oh, actually, next week, I'll be, going, I'll be doing an overview of the book. I like an overview of the whole book for, for small groups. And then a the couple weeks after that will be growth, okay? I love you. God bless you. I'm going to pray, and we're off. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing unto you. O oh Lord, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Let my life speak you. In Jesus' name. Amen.